0: Welcome to another episode of Too Much Time on Our Hands, the Theatrical Cut. I'm Sonia and sat opposite me with his face for radio is Terry.
1: Hi Sonia. Hello, dear. You alright? I'm good, thanks, are you. What
0: are you doing on your phone?
1: Just getting ready. Oh yeah. So we're my diary in me letterboxed.
0: Are you looking at who's won the Brits?
1: I couldn't care less who's you won just won the told
0: Brits. me one one.
1: I was that's why we we're trying to sort shit out I was on Instagram. Oh. Being spammed with it.
0: Um yeah, it's the Brits tonight, but none of us are watching it because we can't face it because no. it's
1: too awful. I-, I wanted to see Hugh Jackman's opening number, but not enough to have to possibly see any other minute of the show.
0: What was he singing? Do you know? Uh,
1: uh, by the looks of the pictures I've seen, it's some sort of creative Showman medley, I think.
0: Sounds majestic. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay, so this episode is our catch-up episode. We're going to be talking about what we've seen. The last sort of like three weeks. Um, turns out Terry's been, um, by the sounds of it, not leaving the house because he's watched about 58 films compared to my five um, non-Tom Cruise films because next episode, the next two episodes, we're going to be talking about Tom Cruise films. Um, so I've I've watched a lot of Tom Cruise. I've also been to quite a lot of gigs over these last few weeks, so that's my excuse for not As watching always. films. Yeah, that's my excuse. Um well, as you've seen so many more than me, do you want to start?
1: I can go ahead and start, surely. Uh, so first up, I've basically I think every film I've watched has been a Netflix film. Um, so I watched Only the Brave, which I didn't realise until after watching is based on a true story.
0: Is that a Netflix film? Yes. It came out on DVD.
1: A, a lot of films do. No. No, it's not Netflix original, sorry. Oh, I mean, okay. it's on Netflix. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I thought you meant
0: it was um, a Netflix original.
1: No, no, no. I have watched some Netflix originals as well. Uh, so this is about the... In America, obviously, because they have a lot of... It's not bush like wildfires. So I was going to say bushfires, but that's what the Australians call it. Wildfires. They have specific firemen specifically for open fires. And we follow Josh Brolin and his team. They're the first municipal team so their first team that's just for a town as opposed to like a city and at the start of it they're just like backup so they don't actually they're not fire facing they're away from the fires setting things up but they desperately want to become fire facing and become what's called an A team um, and through the course of the film they get that qualification and then they become a fire facing team and it's just following these guys I say I didn't realise watching it it was a true story until afterwards uh, it's a it's got a decent cast. You've got Josh Brolin, who's, like I say, the lead guy. Uh, Jeff Bridges is in there as the, the guy who helps them get their credentials, so to speak. Miles Teller is in it, a, an actor who I constantly berate and say how shitty he is. He's, he's okay in this. Um, You sort of forget he's Miles Teller for a little bit.
0: Is he better or worse than uh, James Franco?
1: <sighs> he's got a smaller body of work than James Franco. I was
0: say he's got a smaller body.
1: Probably that as well. Um, I mean, the only thing Miles Teller's got is the fact that he was in whiplash. Mm. And that's always going to put him ahead of a lot of people, really. James Franco has not got a whiplash in him. Uh, Well, unless he was in a car accident. Um, (laughs) Not that I'm wishing a car accident on James Franco, just to be clear. Um, But yeah, no, it's perfectly... I've given it four stars. It's really... That's high for you. It is, yeah. It's, It's quite gripping, I say... And the fires are actually quite realistic looking. I'm assuming they weren't actually setting fires. Um but yeah, it's just it's quite tense in places, it's just a load of guys and there's not knowing it was a true story, I had a lot of ideas. Oh, he's obviously gonna die, isn't he? Because of the kind of guy he is. But because it's a true story, see that's not necessarily what's gonna happen. But um yeah, really good film really enjoyed it end with pictures of the real people that's how I realised it was a true story mm. with like little blurbs about what, what happened afterwards I won't say too much more because I don't want to spoil it but it, it's a touch over two hours as is every film these days apparently um, but no I really enjoyed it and I would highly recommend say it's, it's on Netflix give it a watch
0: I'll be honest as soon as you said um, and I've forgotten what it's called already
1: only the brave.
0: I was thinking of the film 12 Strong for some reason. The one it, with the Hemsworth in it.
1: Oh, the war one. I don't know. It's
0: just yeah. got him on a horse, has not it?
1: Yeah, I think it's some sort of Middle Eastern war film.
0: That's the film I was thinking of. Any road up. Uh, do you want to do another one? Cause you, I reckon two of yours, one of mine. Uh,
1: well, The next one I can knock through pretty quickly because we've covered it in some detail in a previous pod. I watched Flushed Away. That, oh that that was on the telly box, and uh, Daisy quite liked watching it. She wasn't too too keen on the snails or the slugs, slugs. sorry, really? the slugs. Yeah, because they screamed, don't they? She was just sort of oh. jumped a little bit at those. But yeah, she she sat and happily watched that. It's just it's just a lovely little film, isn't it? Just yeah, lovely.
0: I like anything with a bit of toilet humour.
1: Yeah, literal in this case.
0: Yeah. Shall I do
1: one. Fire away, dear.
0: I watched a film. I thought I would. Um, try and just work my way through my dvd collection uh starting at the beginning finishing at the end i didn't expect to do it in three weeks uh, i thought i would make more progress than watching one um but i was just sort of going through my horror dvds basically because i'm having a clear out and i'm just sort of trying to thin down my collection a little bit and i watched a film called across the river uh which upon watching i realized i'd seen before (laughs) um
1: hate it when that happens it was a
0: ruddy waste of time no it wasn't um it's a um f- a foreign language film um but I, d- I don't know where it was made if i'm honest um it's about a guy who um studies i think he's like a geologist or something and he goes somewhere to collect the data but the area that he's in gets flooded so he gets trapped all oh, right and he's basically trapped in this village and then supernatural things start happening. It's a, it's a low-budget film, and it does kind of show... I mean, it's not shoddy, but it just shows that it's low-budget. Because the guy's on his own, and he's isolated, there's not much talking in it anyway, mm. so it kind of doesn't matter that it's a foreign-language film if you don't like subtitles. There's a few bits where there are other characters... where it, like, flashes back to other characters that are obviously wondering where he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And you hear a few like radio news stories saying that there's been a flood in the area, and I think that's when a few people realise that must be what's happened to him, that he's trapped. Um and it's like I say, it's got this supernatural element. I think there's two sisters that kind of like haunt him. Mm. Um, but ultimately I it wasn't very creepy. I quite liked the fact that there wasn't much talking in it. Yeah. That it was just a guy. Um, sort of stuck on his own but because of the budget I just don't think it looked good enough to be compelling enough do you know what yeah. I mean I think some low budget films can work really well and compel but I just don't think this one especially worked. if there's
1: not a lot of talk until all you've got is the visual
0: yeah and if the visual's not great um, unfortunately it just didn't really make the cut for me so that one uh, didn't make it back up on the shelf Um no and it's making its way to a charity shop. Yeah. It's made it onto the charity shop pile. So, um, not not in the sense, I'm not saying it's a bad film, it's just not one that i have watched. again. Not watch a keeper. Again. It's not one that I'd watch again. I probably gave it like two and a half or three out of five on Letterboxd, not that that really means much, but um, not terrible, but not worth a rewatch, in my opinion. So I've watched Across the River, I wonder what... The next film in my A to Z will be... See if you can predict what it is. I don't actually know.
1: Or that you've watched or literally in no. your a, a to Z?
0: in my horror A to Z.
1: As above, so below?
0: Well, it's a big jump.
1: Oh, of course it is. No, no, there. no, you've said it now. When am I going to find out?
0: Uh, probably in three weeks.
1: <laughs> uh, so back to me. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the next one was the Netflix original. So I watched Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh, yeah. I think,
0: uh, we, I think we've got that on the list.
1: So that, it's a new one. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal as an art critic of some repute. Uh, Rene Russo is in it as an art dealer, or sorry, not an art dealer, a. Oh, what's the word? I think she's not, but she has like her own. What am I thinking of? Studio, not a studio. Art gallery? That's the fella. Has an art gallery and basically she her and Jake General are quite good friends so he'll come review her shows and help her like, bump up her prices and, and make money off them
0: sorry about the noise
1: um, she has an assistant that she treats like shit as most assistants get treated in these kind of films uh, and the assistant is at home she's not allowed out Like on the floor she's like backroom staff uh, and she's at home and she hears a loud thud from a, a neighbouring flat and goes in there and basically the occupant has died and the superintendent is like clearing out a few bits she goes in and finds a fuckload of paintings that are that to my eyes they were okay but there's clearly something about she's almost like bewitched by them and basically steals these hundreds and hundreds of paintings some of them are like big canvases some of them are like little pieces of paper Mm. but she steals them all and essentially then makes a show out of them but she has to lie and say that she found them in the bin because obviously she essentially stole them. As she's leaving the flat with a couple of the pictures to get spotted, the guy goes, oh yeah, the guy said in his will that he wanted all of his pictures destroyed when he died. He didn't want anyone to have them. Um, And then essentially things start to happen to people who look at the paintings and like the paintings. And it's sort of supernaturally, there's some weird bits and pieces in it. I didn't think it was very good. It... Just, I don't know. You know when a film just doesn't grab you at all? Mm. Like, it wasn't bad. Jake Gyllenhaal, I think, is a bit OTT in the role that he's playing. Um, so the paintings are okay. There's some really cool bits where, like, the paintings almost start to, like, drip and the paint's running on the walls and, like, chasing people across the floor, which actually looks really cool. But, like you were saying with your one, like, I've watched it. It was okay. Will I ever watch it again? Probably not.
0: I um, I have to say it was... um. When I saw a trailer trailer for it, I wasn't immediately grabbed by it. Again, I thought from the trailer that Jake uh, Gyllenhaal looked a bit over the top. And I think it's got a terrible title.
1: Yeah, so the title is the name (coughs) of the band of Rene Russo's character when she was a kid. I don't know why they've chosen that as the title for the film, because it has no resemblance on the film, really, at all. Okay. It'd probably been better. I can't remember the name of the painter, but it'd probably been better calling... It that but because Velvet Buzzsaw makes you feel like maybe it's going to be a bit gory and a bit OTT, which Mm. it really, really isn't. It's quite restrained in that regard. There's a few creepy bits, there's a few jumpy bits, but nothing major. Uh, Am I going again or are you taking one over? No, you can go. Uh, So, the next one I know you've seen, we didn't see it together, but it was Alita Battle Angel, yeah, uh, the latest Robert Rodriguez film. He hasn't made a film for like 10 years.
0: Oh, really? What was the last one?
1: Oh, I can't remember. Okay, uh, tell us about you can the new one. look that Do you want up. us to look
0: that up while you Yeah,
1: why not? Uh, so this film is produced by James Cameron. Uh, it's actually, I was listening to a podcast this morning, a James Cameron special, and when James Cameron made Avatar, he was deciding whether he was going to make Avatar or Alita Battle Angel, or as it was called then, Battle Angel. And he was trying to decide, and he went with Avatar because it was a complete world build. And he always planned to make Battle Angel as well, but just ran out of time now that he's making five million Avatar sequels. And he met Robert Rodriguez and he sort of passed it on to him. Um, So, Alita Battle Angel is set in the distant future where people now live in like floating cities and other people live in the scum below, basically living off of the bits and pieces. Uh, Christoph Waltz, is a surgeon. Lots of people are now cyborgs. They have bits and pieces. Oh, maybe it wasn't 10 years. Um, So it was Sin City 2, we've just discovered from 2014. Um, And yeah, so he fixes people up with the scraps that he can find. And one day he finds this head, essentially, with an intact human brain inside it. And when he puts it together, it becomes a litre and he's got a body that he gives a... And it's just sort of following her discovery of who she is, what she is, why she was created. Uh, it's very, very effects heavy, which in some places I think the effects are really good. Like I think Alita herself looked really good because mm. they've gone very anime with her. Look, I'm sure everyone's seen a poster. She's got very big eyes and it was a very conscious thing. Because They haven't done it to anyone else in the film. I assumed everyone was going to have a bit of a look like that. But she looks very anime-ish because this is based on a manga comic. Um, and then you've got other people that are complete CGI. I think Ed Screen, who plays like the lead bounty hunter, I think he looks really shit. I think there's the big two... one. Yeah, some of them. It's just like it's like they threw all the money at actually Alita, and then the others they just sort of cobbled together what they could. Um, I thought it was really decent. Like it didn't blow me away. It wasn't. I wasn't bored at any time because again, it's like two hours long. Um, I thought it was perfectly decent storyline. Very basic. I did think they just tried to wedge too much in I don't think the love story was necessarily needed to be in there I think you could have chopped that out and saved a bit of time because it's a manga that's like hundreds of books and I feel like they've wedged a lot of books into a short film whereas they could have because the thing is that annoyed me, they've wedged a lot in but they still really sequel bait at the end of the mm. film and I fucking hate when they really sequel bait like that um, but you know, I thought it was decent, what did you think Sonia?
0: Um yeah, I agree. Um I I quite enjoyed it. Um I went to I I'd, I'd heard sort of just average reviews of it. I had mm. I've actually heard that it's going to be like one of the biggest flops of the year um mm. or something, but um of the reviews that I'd seen, they were all very just average. Um <clears throat> and to be honest when I went to see it it was a case of picking a film of like what's the next film that's on yeah um that's not 58 hours long um which is why we ended up picking that one and I I didn't mind it at all I actually think it felt a little bit over long in parts yeah there were a few parts where I thought it dragged I thought she looked incredible um and certainly the movement of her. So I'm guessing that the actress playing her was actually doing those kind of like slightly... She's not robotic, but she's moving slightly, in a, you know, yeah. in a way that someone with a non-flesh and bone body would move, I guess. Um, and I thought that looked really good. I thought most most of the bounty hunters and stuff looked really good and the scenery looked really good. Um, like you said, there was that one bounty hunter which was just looked sort of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but of course, there's that guy with the dogs.
1: Yeah.
0: In the bar saying, Jesus.
1: Bloody hell, Dan.
0: I um, <laughs> don't know if that'll actually come out on the pod. In case it didn't, a loud alarm just went off. <laughs> um, the, yeah, the scene in the bar where she's trying to recruit the other bounty hunters. you yeah, got cool. the, the bit with the dog, and I was just like, oh, Jesus, what's going to happen here? Um <clears throat> I thought I thought it was okay but yeah 100% like set up for a sequel at the mm. end. Um and I I when it finished I did feel a little bit like it kind of finished and it hadn't finished properly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean because they've obviously set it up for a sequel. That's what I mean you
1: could have cut that love story out and had another 20 minutes at the end of actually resolving it.
0: Yeah rather than setting it up for another film. Um I would say if, you, if you've got an interest in going to watch it, it is worth probably seeing it on mm. a big screen. Oh, yeah. Because it does look amazing. So I
1: wouldn't put anyone off watching it. I don't think no. it's bad. It's just... It's not... Not amazing. No.
0: I'm just getting the charger out. I thought that zipper's opening. I'm not taking my trousers off. It's all right. I'll do this. You can uh, no, we'll talk, talk about over the next this one. Side. Oh, is it? Yeah. Great podcast material, this.
1: Yeah.
0: I've just noticed that the... Uh, the battery's running ever so low because uh,
1: Is that what that alarm was?
0: Um no that was Dan needs to uh change his um Pornhub password. <laughs> At the moment it's Dan Pen15. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: we go. Riveting radio.
0: There we go. We're plugged in, we're charging.
1: All right, so next up for me was a Netflix original documentary, Fire. So oh, the... I watched that as well. Oh, have you watched that? Yeah. What did, what did you think? I'll let you start.
0: Um, first of all, I'd never heard of it. I thought I was watching a spoof documentary, <laughs> uh, and then Lucy filled me on all the details and basically said something along the lines of, don't you watch the news? Um, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't so I'd,
1: I'd heard of it, but didn't know any details.
0: I had no clue um, what I was watching. Um, but no, I don't watch the news. I don't even have a news app on my phone, um, and frankly, I can't. I can't get my head around the fact that these guys thought they could get away with this. I know it's just and put it, it off. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous. But fair play to them for giving it a go. Um, but it was just utterly, utterly just just ridiculous so it's about it's about a group of guys who try and set up a music a luxury music festival in a very short space of time and basically yeah. scam a lot far of, too short
1: an amount uh, of time scam a
0: lot of people out of a lot of money they market it as a um, you know sort of like a
1: luxury, like a holiday yeah. a
0: luxury holiday on a private island with um,
1: music thrown in
0: with uh who's who who did the island used to belong to uh, es- escobar What's yeah his name? pablo escobar that's it um and, they, and they, get, they get all these these in, social media influencers yeah. to sort of like featuring this video um, and they release like cryptic sort of
1: orange posts t- and stuff, tiles don't yeah. they on
0: Instagram to sort of advertise it and lots of people get sucked in and spend thousands of pounds on these tickets and it's soon you know as people start turning up on the island it soon <laughs> becomes clear that it's and their just,
1: luxury apartments are actually a shitty tent it's wet I through were,
0: um, when they were like evacuation yeah tents. they were a hurricane
1: relief tent from Katrina I and think.
0: Um, there's a plane going over at the moment sounds <laughs> um, like it's in the room um, but as if you know nothing was going to plan nothing was ready everything looked terrible and then literally the night before all the guests were due to arrive there was a huge storm wasn't yeah. there which is why all the tents were soaked through um, and then shit went down
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, like you say, like, they're just trying to put off, but there's like, (coughs) basically the main guy is not really interviewed, you see him in like stock footage because essentially he had a documentary crew filming them while they were trying to set up because he thought it was going to be this massive success, but everyone else who's talking is just like, this was never going to happen, we were telling them for months they need to cancel, they need to postpone. Like, a couple of days before, all of the bands that were signed up started dropping out because the stage that they had was essentially like a village fate stage with no... nothing. There was the original... Because they actually had to move island because mm. they bought the island from Pablo Escobar on the proviso that they'd never mentioned that used to b- belong to Pablo Escobar. And their first social media post was, we're doing it on the island that used to belong to Pablo Escobar. So they were booted off. And then the island they chose just had no infrastructure didn't have enough toilets, didn't have mm-hmm. enough places for people to stay. And it's just how they ever thought they were going to get away with it. Because they... It's just...
0: They essentially um, were selling these luxury villas, weren't they? But also yeah. they'd invited a load of these influencers over um, and said that they, could, they would be put up for free yeah. in these villas. They were just trying to get all going over the whole island, trying to basically book all the Airbnb, weren't they? Yeah, and but trying to rent
1: people's houses.
0: <clears throat> they they'd um, planned it to be on the same weekend as a festival that yeah. happens on the island every year anyway so there was a massive um, extra amount of people on the island. I mean it's it's one of those things, it's got to be seen to be believed yeah. I mean maybe it seemed so unbelievable to me because I had n- no idea that this even yeah. happened.
1: I just knew that there was a festival that had gone to shit and people were in like people were going to prison about it
0: Yeah, Who was the rapper in it?
1: Uh, Joe Rule.
0: Oh yeah. Cause he's still knocking around, putting his yeah. fingers in pies, isn't he?
1: Amongst other things I imagine. Good grief. Um, but I, I did see quite a funny, cause I sort of looked it up a bit and there was this one guy, cause obviously there's some people in the, being interviewed who were like people who bought tickets and literally like, they're paying like $10,000 for a ticket. So it's like, if you can afford that, you're a fucking idiot and you almost probably deserve this. Um, but there's this one guy, he won his ticket in a raffle and just sort of went. And he said, it was one of the best weekends of my life. I just saw lots of rich white kids losing their fucking minds. And I was just there pissing myself laughing at them all. Because there's like footage of like, like we said, like... People are stood waiting to be shaken to their villas, and then the guy just stands up and goes, There are no villas, there's the fucking tents. And there is like a death race to these villas, and people are running off with toilet roll, oh, stealing lock. It's literally like some sort of post apocalyptic thing, but they've been on an island for like five hours. It's just absolutely unreal. It's just properly like how humans will just turn on each other with a second glance. It's just absolutely unreal.
0: It does. It did look like my idea of hell, though, being trapped somewhere without any toilets.
1: Yeah.
0: That was my. As soon as they kept saying there aren't enough toilets, I'd be like, oh my god, I'd go into a fucking meltdown. <laughs> um, it it looked horrendous, and I've I I've spoken to quite a few people who've seen it, and loads of people kind of said, oh, it was really satisfying watching all those rich people lose their money. But I was thinking it's not though, is it? I mean, it's kind of like all in comparison. It would be like me going to download and being fucked over. Yeah. Um. You know, yeah, those people are richer than us, and they've spent a lot of money on a ticket. But they thought they were getting a luxury holiday. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> it's still not nice to be fucked over. Um. I just, I just find it like utterly amazing the like the balls that this guy had. Yeah, because was... he's in prison now.
1: Yeah, he's in prison. It was at, he was at a point where because they say in he was at a point where he couldn't afford to not do it even though he knew it was going to fail because if he stopped he had to pay everyone back and essentially at first you just think he's a guy trying his hardest and it's not coming off and then afterwards towards the end you find out that he's basically been lying to people saying that he's got two and a half million dollars worth of facebook shares when he doesn't have any he's telling them that he's got drake booked for the venue for the concert yeah and like he's just getting they keep they keep saying how they'd need money, he'd go away and come back and he'd have the money from somewhere. And then there's that horrible bit where he's got like this old guy that is like his fixer who happens to be a homosexual and he tells him that he has to go and suck someone's dick oh, to get to get water on the it. island. Yeah, because it it's a very memeable post. It's just like I went into that office fully prepared to suck his dick. And it's just Yeah, the fact that all these people like followed him into battle, so to speak, and continued like, no one seemed to walk away from it, even when like, it just seemed like it just wasn't going to happen. It's just crazy. Not quite as crazy as Abducted in Plain Sight. Which I still haven't watched. Oh, you're going to go mad when you watch that. Um, but yeah, I would thoroughly recommend the Fire documentary. Yeah. No, mat- no matter what sort of thing you're into, it's just ridiculous.
0: It's just a really good watch, isn't it? Right, what else have you seen?
1: Uh, so Gemma and I for Valentine's Day had a date night and we went to see Mary Poppins Returns okay Uh, so I went into it with zero expectation I obviously have seen the original I'm not a massive fan of it I don't hate it it's just a film you
0: fucking prick (laughs) get out of my house now
1: sorry so I don't dislike it it's one of my favourite films I would never choose to put on Mary Poppins Um, so this so Gemma's a massive fan she was really keen to see it uh, the first 25 to 30 minutes of this film drag like a motherfucker. I thought I was in for one of the worst nights of my life because in that 25 minutes I must have checked my watch about 10 times just thinking, oh God. Like, time is to go, it's not moving. And then, essentially, when Mary turns up, it, it moves up a notch because, essentially, it's setting up how shit the Banks' life is. And then it kicks in. I think Emily Blunt's a really good Mary Poppins. She is in no way, like a direct comparison to Julie Andrews. It's very much, she's doing it a bit differently. Uh, Man Manuel Miranda is really good as the Dick Van Dyke of this one, Mm. which apparently, I didn't think his accent was that bad, but reading up on it, apparently he put on an over-the-top accent as well, just as a homage to uh, to old uh, Dick Van Dyke. Um, It's a bit more of a sugary sort of storyline. So in this one, it's the grown-up Banks children. He... Michael Banks, his wife has recently died. He's got three children. They're about to lose their house because he's not able to get the money in and his sister's just knocking about and it's that's where Mary arrives to obviously help out. So it's, so it's a bit more bleak. Colin Firth's in it essentially as a villain, which is a bit different for Colin Firth. Um there's some lovely animation bits and I'm really pleased that they stuck with like the hand drawn animation it's not like mm. OTTCG it is still I imagine it probably wasn't hand drawn it probably is CG but it looks like 2D animation like you had in the original Um I think the main thing it suffers from and it's something that would obviously get better the more you watch it this you just don't know the songs yeah You watch Mary Poppins and you know supercalifragilistic <laughs> you can sing along whereas in this the songs aren't bad that They're just not like instant pickups. They're not ones that you can start humming along to straight away. Mm. Um, But I think one of them has been Oscar nominated, which is the weepy one. Um, But yeah, there's some lovely song and dance numbers. Um, i say Colin Firth's really good in it as the villain. And yeah, enjoyable. It's okay.
0: um, I'm a huge Mary Poppins fan. Um, Like, absolutely love it. My favourite, Julie Andrews film is the sound of music yeah. um, but I do really really love Mary Poppins and I haven't seen the new one I do want to see it I, I'm i not overly taken by the trailers if I'm honest yeah. but I do want to see it and I again I've heard mixed things from people I know that have seen it I, people have either really loved it or have just been not sure I think mm-hmm. some people love Gem the Jem thought orig- it was
1: okay and she loves the original
0: some people I think love the original so much that, like, for some, like when I saw a trailer, I just my thought was, why are they doing this? Yeah. Um, and I I still maintain that Emily Blunt is too plummy in it.
1: Yeah,
0: I guess that's just my opinion. Like, i found her voice quite annoying in the trailer, and I thought, oh, shit, that's like ninety seconds worth of her speaking. How am I gonna take how How long is the film? Just over two hours long.
1: Uh, I think it's a bit under two hours. Oh, uh,
0: it's it's yeah. getting better. <laughs> Um, so my Valentine's Day which wasn't a Valentine's Day it was a Galentine's yep. Day so because I spent it with Lucy um, Galentine's Day is obviously celebrated on the 13th of February so my girls celebrate girls or ladies celebrate other ladies mm. ovaries over broveries um,
1: <laughs> is that an actress saying, or have you made if that if you up? know
0: you know um, and we watched um, the Ted Bundy tapes <laughs> because Lucy knows how to treat me okay she said, I'm making you sticky mushrooms for dinner, and we're going to watch the Ted Bundy tapes. And I thought, if
1: ever I've heard a euphemism, <laughs> and thought, I'm making you sticky mushrooms. <laughs> I
0: thought this is it. She knows the way to my heart. Um, now, you know I like a good serial killer, Yarn. Yeah. Um, I do like a good bit of murder. Um, so I was looking forward to watching the Ted Bundy tapes. I really was. Um, I'm looking forward to the new film that's coming out at
1: that's going to go straight to Netflix as well, have you seen?
0: I have not seen that. But um, the Ted Bundy tapes is is, is not fictionalised. Is this the four episodes? Story? Yeah, it's the four, it's the four episodes where they're, it's a documentary and they're actually using tapes yeah. from interviews with him. Now, um, I think that Netflix um, do these kind of things really well um, and they set the bar... Insanely high with Making a Murderer, yeah. Um, which I, th- I think was an amazing series, um, really, really well done, slightly biased, but still really well done. Um, and then you had Mind Hunter as well, which was obviously not true life, but mm. um, another really good serial killer show, um. So yeah, they've set the bar like really high for themselves, and I was I. I do like hearing about Ted Bundy, but essentially, when Making a Murderer came out, nobody really knew who this, who this guy was. Yeah. People know Ted Bundy and they know the story, um. So I was very sort of like familiar with the story, and I have to say the two middle episodes, I didn't love. I quite, the first one was fine, mm. the second and the third one. Um. I just found it like a real drag to watch but I thought well I've watched three of the four I might as well watch the four or well, the last one is when he represents himself in court it's worth watching just for that I was <laughs>
1: going to say is it? can you just watch the fourth one then if the others aren't up too much
0: I'd probably watch the whole lot because it's not it's not massive it's only four episodes isn't it um, you know if you're going to go to the cinema and watch two hours of Mary Poppins which is average at best just double that time and watch I would say probably a better serial killer documentary. Um, The the last episode just, I think, really highlights actually something which possibly isn't as clear if you've read up on Ted Bundy before, quite what a character he was.
1: Mm.
0: You know, you kind of know that he's very charming and charismatic and can carry himself quite well. He's obviously quite good at fooling people, but he wanted to be a lawyer... And he decided to represent himself, or he decided to be part of his own legal team, and he would actually question his own, like witnesses and question like people against him, as it were. Yeah. Um. And it was just—it was one of those things, a bit like fire, when you're thinking, "I can't believe I'm watching this." Yeah. Where you. Were so reach... there like
1: actual tapes of him? Yeah. Doing it.
0: Actual video footage of him in court. Um, questioning people, being questioned, firing members of his own legal team, um, and it's just mental. It's just absolutely mental. Um, so yeah, but as the as crime documentaries go, I thought it was a little bit boring in the middle, but yeah. I think it's definitely worth it for the last episode. If you like true crime stuff, I think it's worth a look
1: yeah no, I, it's on my list I did start watching the first episode but it was quite late at night and I started to go sleepy so I stopped watching it I've not gone back to it yet uh, are, you, are you all Ted bundy out there mm. uh, so next up for me I watched a little known animated film called Toy Story
0: <gasps> I saw that on your letterbox uh,
1: so I've got a Woody doll that Daisy loves and carries around and plays with so I don't know why it hadn't occurred to me before I thought I'll pop Toy Story on with Woody in it and see what Daisy thinks Uh, so she she gave it as much as she gave Coco so she'd watch it for a bit wander off come back Um, but it's just just such a good I forget how much I love the Toy Story because it's probably the first time I've watched it in a good few years Um, and obviously we've got Toy Story 4 coming out this year which from the trailers I've seen looks bloody amazing um But yeah, it's just so lovable. The characters are just really, really good. Crazy to think that Billy Crystal turned down Buzz Lightyear. What a different career that man could have had. Um, Which is why he did Monsters, Inc. without reading a script, because he didn't want to miss out again. Um, But it's just such... I mean, it's just a buddy film, but it happens to be a toy cowboy and a toy Buzz Lightyear. And obviously this one is where you've got Sid next door, the vicious toy... I was gonna say molester then, <laughs> murderer and defacer. It's just some of uh,
0: those toys are quite creepy.
1: Oh yeah, like the the baby with that like, the spider mm, body. Fucking hell! And the doll with that like, the fishing rod head. It's just, yeah. It's. I mean, what can you say about Toy Story? It's all been said. It's just a lovely film, lovely music, a lovely message, and it's just, yeah. Terry, I want Terry.
0: You've mm. got a friend in me. <laughs>
1: Just, yeah, smashing stuff.
0: I um, I don't know if you know this, Terry, but I'm, I'm quite a fan of the Toy Story film. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> which is... Can I remember, you were not a big fan of Tom Hanks, but obviously loved Toy Story. No,
0: so for ages I resisted um, the lure of Tom Hanks, which is strange because I had seen many films of Tom Hanks that I liked, but I always resisted because I... Controversially, I'm not a massive fan of the film Big. Um, I think it's pedotastic, but... Um, Lots of my favourite films have Tom Hanks in it, but my Toy Story 1, definitely, and probably Toy Story 3 are in my top ten films of all time. Mm. I love Toy Story 1, and and I think I own a version of all the characters, like the main toy characters in it. I don't think I've got a Bo Peep, but I think I've got everything else. Um, but, yeah, I absolutely love it, and Woody is one of my all-time favourite characters. Yeah, he's um, just... It's my favourite Tom Hanks character. I really, really... I'd put him up there, like, best friend level. He's up there with Samwise. Yeah, he's that good.
1: <clears throat> Not so good in a I've, volcano, I'd imagine.
0: I've got um, my Woody doll. I've written my name on the bottom of his boot, like Andy's got, with the back of the den and everything. And I've got an oriz- original Buzz Lightyear from when the first film came out. And his wings still pop out and everything. And his arms work
1: wow i know yeah when four comes out i'm sure they'll reissue them or so i'll get them all for daisy because she loves my woody
0: um (laughs) dad you might want to cut that out
1: (laughs) she loves my woody doll
0: (laughs) um yeah good choice love toy story uh
1: is it me next well the next two i saw with you
0: oh they're the only other two that i've seen so let's crack on
1: yeah, so Sonia and I had a cinema day. First, oh, time, it, first time in a long time, yeah. Had a, had a cheeky Nando's yeah. in between. It was in between, wasn't it? Um, although Sonia was not given the avocado and a salad and, and had to have words. Um, so first up we saw The Kid Who I Would Be King. I them a terrible
0: review on TripAdvisor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're ruining the day they mess with Sonia. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we saw The Kid Who Would Be King, which... I saw a trailer at Mary Poppins. Other than that I'd not heard of this film, but I thought the trailer looked alright. It looked like a again, it's like a, it just a children's like a fun film, film. Yeah. yeah. A fun film. So it's essentially a modern day King Arthur's tale, but with, with children. I don't know if in the original Sword and the Stone... it is a child, isn't it, in Sword of the Stone?
0: Sword of the Stone is
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh so you've got Alex in this story, not Arthur, who He's a bit bullied, a bit put upon. you got his best mate Bedders. He was a little bit whiny and a little bit over-talky. If you and
0: he's a lot more bullied.
1: Yeah, a lot more bullied uh, by Lance and Kay, the, the two school bullies in this film. Uh, and essentially he ends up on a disused building site and there happens to be a sword poking out of the foundations, which he picks up and takes home because who wouldn't? Uh, and then from that moment on, things start to get a little bit... A little bit different for Alex, so he remember. Uh, does Merlin appear at that point, or does that no, when? No,
0: Merlin rocks up at the school, doesn't he? A little while, a yeah. little while later.
1: I'm just trying to think how he first starts to think that it's like Excalibur.
0: Well, he um, so he pulls this, he pulls the sword out of the stone, and he goes home, and his friend Beders lives over the road, and they like. They climb their garden fences, oh, yeah, don't right, they? To get the to the wall. And he yeah. basically says, Bedders, meet me at mine and come and see what I've just found. And then he tells the story to Bedders, and Bedders kind of says, Oh, you know, do you think this is the sword in the oh, stone? And they it, make yeah. these jokes, don't they, about it being the sword in the stone. Um, but then it soon becomes quite apparent that actually it is.
1: Yeah, so that's when Merlin turns up, Play. he's an older kid. And I really like the way he uses his magic because he basically just like clicks his fingers and slaps his hands together. I just thought that was a bit bit more interesting than just being like abracadabra or something like yeah. that. Um, and he tries to go incognito at the school but fails quite miserably and essentially gets bullied himself and then has to leave the school. Um, in order to power himself up, he needs badger urine... What are the Ground. others? Ground...
0: Chicken, but no ground pig bones. I think yeah.
1: something's ground bones, badger urine, and blood
0: of something, yeah. Which and he basically gets from KFC.
1: Yeah, there's a budget KFC, and those those elements are found in that. So he's eating a lot of chicken and well, drinking cherry cream. coke and eating ice cream to get to boost himself up. Um, once Merlin turns up, we sort of get the backstory. Oh, no, we get the backstory at the beginning, don't we? In a lovely sort of animation yeah. about Morgana and Merlin and the fights. Back in the day, um, and essentially Merlin has come because Morgana is about to try and make a play for the for the Earth again, uh, played by Rebecca Ferguson, very very creepy. She's yeah. sort of, she starts off in this sort of underworld. She's almost like in the roots of a tree, yeah. and there's everything she says is like echoed but by different voices, and it's real proper creepy, which I really really liked. Um, and essentially they start. She starts sending her minions for Alex. And when they come, basically they climb out of the earth and they're. They look a bit like Ring Wraiths, but on fire, don't they? Mm. But once they hit the earth, only Alex and the people that he is knighted with Excalibur can see him. Everyone else, like, disappears, which leads to some hilarious results when they disappear again. And he basically has to battle these demons. And each time more and more arrive, and it essentially becomes a quest film where he's got to try and defeat Morgana and. And her hordes and save the earth.
0: Um yeah, I thought <clears throat> I really liked it, I thought it was just a very sweet film. It's obviously a kid's film, but not, yeah. not like a baby. it's not babyish anyway. No, 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 no. And I thought some bits were quite funny. Um Merlin was brilliant. Yeah. Um for me personally, like Merlin like steals the show. So he he appears to us as a as a young man late yeah. teens young man. Yeah. Um, and he, like I said, Terry says he tries to go incognito at the school, but when he sort of reveals his true age, he's played by Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Of course, brilliantly as well. In and a Led Zeppelin t-shirt. Like super camp. So when, yeah, when he's um, young Merlin, the Led Zeppelin t-shirt is black, and when he's old Merlin, it's it, gray, All, all, of, his
1: cra- all of his clothes like gray turn grey. All his clothes
0: turn grey. Um, and then you've got Morgana, who for the most part is is underground. I re- those underground scenes really reminded me of like Lord of the Rings imagery. Yeah. It was it was quite creepy in parts, and I thought I mean I don't know what certificate it was was it a PG? PG. I thought little kids might find it a little bit creepy.
1: Kids like to be scared though.
0: Um, I guess it depends on how old mm. they are, but I just I just thought it was. But I like that when you go and see a film that's aimed at like I guess not like the under tens I would guess yeah. um, when it's not babyish and it's just got that element of creepiness or or it's quite funny. Because yeah. there were bits in it which I thought were quite funny.
1: Bedders made even me laugh that, a couple of times,
0: even for adults. Yeah, Bedders was funny. Merlin was great. Um, it got you know a little bit twee and a little bit saccharine towards the end. But he's yeah. telling his mum much he loves her because one of my absolute like, um, like real issues I have with films with kids in it is when they try and get the kids to act too grown up. Yeah. And I just think... And I think I said this to you afterwards. It's like, I wish they'd just let kids talk like kids. Like, they'd yeah. get them to sp- speak too properly. Yeah. And I just think that, you know... Just drop your T's and don't pronounce things properly. And just, like, maybe ask that 10-year-old how they would say it rather than have an mm. adult write how they think a 10-year-old talks. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: Um... That was my only issue with it was just sometimes the kids were just a little bit too um, spoke spoke too well and the scene where he was telling his mum about how much he loved her and stuff was just a little bit too cringy for me. Um,
1: and how many 50p's they could carry annoyed you? you. <laughs> so,
0: no, it didn't annoy <laughs> me. I just pointed out to you that those bags full of 50p's would be awfully heavy. Um, but um, I, th- I thought it was okay. Yeah, Is no. it worth a trip to the cinema? Don't know about that. but
1: yeah, I'm not sure if it's necessarily... A, a, it's certainly not a day one purchase. Possibly once it's in an offer or something, I might get it. But £4 pound by yeah. the tills at Sainsbury's. Yeah, I wouldn't be rushing to purchase it. And again, with you saying about Alita, apparently th- I've read that this film's on course to make like a massive loss as well. It's a shame. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it.
0: I saw saw the trailer uh, while I was watching Alita, actually, Mm -hmm. and thought just thought it looked like fun.
1: Yeah.
0: So I I did say at the time, oh, yeah, I'd probably go and watch that. I like those kind of films. I don't really know what age group it's aimed at, but I I think I said to you, I think I compared it to Diary of a Wimpy Kid Mm. with that kind of age group of kids and that kind of, like, level of humour. There's the right level of toilet humour in it for me, basically. Mm. Um, So, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, after, so that's when we went and had our Nandos, and then we came back and saw a film with a similar tack, Happy Death Day to you. Uh, so the sequel to Happy Death Day. Um, I really, really like this film. I thought it was really good. So the first film is essentially Tree, who gets stuck in a loop where whenever she gets murdered and resets the day, it's Groundhog Day, but with a serial killer, and she's basically got to find out who killed her, why, and stop it happening. And spoiler alert, the film ends with her fixing the time loop and actually seeing the next day and everything's hunky-dory. This film starts with... I can't remember his name. The boy. Yeah. The, uh, one of the friends from the first film, we follow him walking through, stuff happened. he gets murdered and the day resets itself again. And at first, I was thought we were just going to have like a rehash of that film, but from this guy's point of view, yeah, and we, we were just going to have to find out why he was going to Very quickly, that turns us on its head, because we find out the person trying to kill him is actually himself from like an alternative dimension slash timeline. And he's there to try and stop, because essentially we find out that the first film, the reason for the time loop, is this guy's got an experiment with this weird thing that's try, I think he says it's trying to slow down time, but it's had repercussions they've set it off again and tree ends up back in her time loop but in an alternative dimension where it's not the same kill us and she has to basically learn it all again but with the knowledge of what it is and the knowledge of how the time loop happens she's trying to reset the time loop rather than just not die um but you yeah, no, i thought it was really good there's a lovely little montage in the middle where she has to like she basically decides there's something she has to do and she has to just keep killing herself to reset the day. And there's just like a montage of her killing herself in lots of weird and wonderful ways. Like one, she jumps out of a plane without a parachute, drinking bleach in the middle of a supermarket. But I just thought it was... say, I was a bit worried at the start because I thought it was just going to be a rehash, but it's actually quite an interesting take on the story. I thought it went in a different direction. And yeah, it was just, just very enjoyable.
0: And the thing is with, um, with her waking up... Um, at the start of the day and she thinks it's the same day but she realises it's in a... She doesn't realise at first that it's essentially what are we say in like a parallel universe. Yeah. And um, the guy who set up the experiment explains to her that there's like six parallel universes and he says, you know, you've, you've woken up in another one. So there are certain elements of her life which are different and she essentially has to decide, OK, we're going to close the loop but she can kind of choose which universe she goes back to the one that she was in originally or the one that she's in now and both have both have pros and both have cons and she's got to decide because there's a there's two huge things that are different in this timeline that she's in compared to the one that she was in originally and she's got to decide where she's gonna go. Um I absolutely loved it. I loved the first one I really liked the idea um, I really like her as a character. Yeah. Um. She's quite unlikable, but likable as yeah. well, if that makes she's sense. She's
1: likable in her unlikableness because she's yeah. just so pissed off at having to do this yeah. thing. Because there's the bit where when she first wakes up back in the time loop and she's literally storming through and she's just got this face of thunder on and she's just so fucking miserable screaming at people. But yeah, I, I completely get what you mean.
0: Um, And I love the fact that it's just... They're all unknown actors. Um, yeah. And it's like they've been chosen for quality rather than just, oh, let's put this
1: yeah.
0: face in the film. Um, and I really do think she's a fantastic character. And I like, like you say, I like what they did with the second one. Again, I thought it was just going to be the same story yeah. but told from a different character. And I didn't realise right at the start that because it's the same characters and that they overlap, because when we see the when we first like enter the film, if you like, and we've got this guy waking up in his car, and we're going back to his dorm room. He goes into his his room, and his roommate is in bed with a girl. And it didn't tweak to me at first that that was Tree and the guy from the first film. And it wasn't till he went back the second time I was just like, oh shit, it's him.
1: Um, and of course, he was
0: in the first film as well yeah, as the roommate the who room, kept coming in. Um, and I loved that I absolutely loved it um, like I would normally i say if you're a horror fan go and see this because Happy Deaf Day is classed as a horror yeah. um, and I was talking to someone about it the other day actually about they said they, they did think it was a very scary horror film and I said I don't it's, it's not, not it's not at all I said it's like a horror comedy but he said uh, this was Tim that I was talking to he said yeah it's a horror comedy but he didn't find it scary or funny
1: Oh, no I found it quite funny. Um
0: I probably found it more funny than scary yeah. but it's still filed with my horror films.
1: Oh yeah yeah it would go in horror. Um it's got a serial killer in it.
0: I um and I did buy Happy Death Day when it came mm. out as well so um and I think this is a really really decent sequel.
1: Yeah the only thing I didn't like was the fact that y- you've got a character of the dean of the high school oh, or yeah. the college and he's like proper quirky ott like they always seem to be it would have been nice if he'd just been a straight laced dean who just wants to stop the experiment whereas Mm. they had to give him like this quirk and it was just a bit like i get the sense that potentially maybe he's like some sort of stand up comedian in america and they've he's like the face if you know. where you said they're not faces they're actors he might potentially be someone who people would know that they've thrown into this film and let him like have a go kind of thing but yeah, that was the only downer for me. But otherwise, I thought it was a really, really good film. Yeah,
0: really decent. Um, so that was that's the last film I watched that wasn't a Tom Cruise film. Uh,
1: so I've got four more. Oh, bloody hell. Uh, apologies, to everyone. So next one will be quite quick. So I rewatched A Star is Born. That obviously came out on DVD and Blu ray. I wouldn't know. Uh, I got a Blu ray steel book of that. Um, oh, I can
0: hear cracks. Sorry to interrupt. I can't I'm, hear any crack. Clearly. I'm cutting out. I can't hear now. You carry on talking
1: um so yeah so obviously we've mentioned we've talked about it before how much i enjoyed it and obviously in the end of year pod i didn't have this in my top 10 um i still really enjoyed it i enjoyed it possibly more i think the songs in it are amazing i think the acting's in it amazing for me the ending still left me cold um i won't go into the reasons why i think i've nailed why the ending doesn't do it for me which I won't go into because obviously that would be quite spoilery but I still really enjoyed it I still think Bradley Cooper is amazing in it um, I don't think he's going to win the Best Actor Oscar but it would be nice if he did um, I think he should be in a sh- with a shout with Best Director but obviously he won't win that because he hasn't been nominated um, but yeah it sat everything in the film everyone in the film Sam Elliott Lady Gaga um, just obviously a very very good film Uh, Next up I watched Reign of the Superman which is a DC animated film um, which follows the death of Superman. Uh, If you've read the comics it's a fairly faithful adaptation of what happens in the wake of Superman being killed by Doomsday and people and things that try and replace him in Metropolis and protect the planet with obviously stuff happening that you've got Doomsday appearing and Lex Luthor has obviously got ulterior motives. Uh, and then next up, I watched a couple of random films that I found on Netflix. So The Super, which I watched purely because it has Val Kilmer in it. I saw
0: that,
1: yeah. And regular listeners will know that I do love Val Kilmer. So The Super is actually really decent. So it's... We start off with a... Well, we start off with someone being murdered in their flat uh, in a creepy way where she's being... She thinks there's noises in one room and then she gets attacked from another room. But essentially this guy with his two daughters... He's going for a job as a super at this hotel. So, obviously, like, essentially, from a, in the UK speak, an odd job, man. Uh, he gets the job. He has to live in this crummy little apartment because there isn't an apartment ready for them yet. Val Kilmer plays Walter. He's got a sort of Middle Eastern accent. He's a bit weird. He's a bit creepy. People like don't like him. He's another super there. Um, and, essentially, people continue to go missing... We see them getting murdered, but to everyone else, they're just going missing and things weird things are happening. And it very much points to the fact that Walter is involved in this. Um, and I can't really say too much more, because although it's quite low budget and it's a bit crappy, it is actually really good and it's got some good plot points and I don't want to spoil anything. I would really recommend watching this film if you like a sort of supernaturally slashery thriller. Um no one else in the cast I'd heard of other than Val Kilmer, but for me, really good. For it was like an hour and thirty-seven minutes as well, so nice and easy to get through. Uh, and then finally, which I finished off this morning, Hangman. Lucy
0: and I are interested to know what you think of this.
1: Have you watched it?
0: No, but I might have seen your letterboxed review. <laughs> uh,
1: so, Hangman is the only time I felt the need to actually write a review. <laughs> Normally, I just pop That's a what star. I said.
0: I just said to folks, oh, he's written a review. This is either really good or really bad. Have you read the review? (laughs) Yes,
1: I have. Uh, So word for word, my review is Pacino delivers one of the worst acting performances I've ever seen. Genuinely, it is like they have filmed the rehearsals, but he's not giving any emotion. He is just talking. And I know obviously people talk, but someone's dead and he's just talking like they've popped to the shops to buy a, a pint of milk. It's just so... It's to that point where he obviously... He's Al Pacino in a shit little film like this. He probably hasn't had to audition. They've just gone, oh, Al Pacino wants to be in this film, throw money at him, and he just doesn't give a fuck. No one else in the film is very good either. But essentially it's a serial killer film where the serial killer is playing hangman. So he kills someone, hangs them, and carves a letter into them. Okay. And they've got to try and work out why he's doing it. It sort of goes, Al Pacino's like a retired cop. Carl Urban is a cop who, well, he was FBI, but he came back to be a small town cop because his wife was murdered and he's desperate to find the murderer. And then Brittany Snow is a journalist who for some reason has been given all access pass to follow him around, despite the fact he's on this horrendous murder case. Um, it's just, I had to watch it to the end because I needed to know who did it. Because I, I had a suspicion that it was one of the three main characters possibly because of their dreadful performance where they seem dead behind the eyes. Um, but it wasn't, there was an extra killer in there. Ooh. Um, but yeah, just, I wouldn't recommend it. It's
0: I'm totally going to watch it.
1: Again, I think it's only about an hour and a half long, so it's not a long one, but...
0: When you write a review like that, <laughs> that just says, Sonia, you've got to watch this film.
1: But yeah, it's just...
0: Because I think Al Pacino's quite expressionless anyway.
1: Yeah, and this is, honestly, I mean, I've talked before about, like, John Travolta phoning it in. I don't think Albertino even picked up the phone. <laughs> he was just, honestly, if you'd said that like, they just walked into his house and handed him a script and told him to start talking, that's what, it, it's literally like he's, he's it's like he's reading those lines for the first time. Um, and yeah, that's the end of my list that's what I've been watching since we last how recorded how many stars did you give it? at one
0: it's still got one star have, uh, you ever, have you ever given anything no stars? yes
1: I can't remember what Um, I gave it one star because some of the murders were a bit grisly oh okay Um, I've definitely given zero stars please
0: don't look through your letterbox now to see what you've given zero stars to maybe you can do a spreadsheet
1: Yeah. oh you know I love a spreadsheet stop looking at it <laughs> I'm just trying to fill air <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I've got silent scrolling
1: yeah I'll put the noise on my phone, which...
0: Well, like mums do. You know, yeah. the tap of all the keys. <laughs> yeah, you turn that off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it fucking off. 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 off.
1: Yeah. I don't even know why that's a fucking option. Right. Who who the fuck has that on?
0: I've got a new iPad, um, and it's... I still haven't turned that off. I mean, I have only had the iPad a couple of days, um, so I have only had it in my hand for approximately 60 hours. Um, <laughs> But it's got the taps set up on the keys. <laughs> but I only discovered earlier when we tried to record on it that I didn't have the volume turned up, so the taps were very quiet. Uh, now that the volume's turned up, um, I might have to turn those tippy taps off.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: mind you, the way I type, there's not much taps going on.
1: <laughs> Tap. Tap.
0: Yeah, I'm a one-finger. Where's the A? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we've digressed now. So... Yeah. That's our catch-up for the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, like I say, I haven't watched much because I've been at gigs and I've watched an awful lot of Tom Cruise films. Um, so next week, Terry, next episode, what are we talking about?
1: We're talking about Tom Cruise, or more specifically, the Mission Impossible franchise.
0: And Terry and I are going to try to put them in order of how we like them. Um
1: yeah. Or how good yeah. I mean we're go- some we're positions in them. the six are easier to, to yeah. pick than others.
0: Um Terry and I have had quite the time with this. Um but yeah, so next episode that you guys hear will be us putting the Mission Impossible films. Essentially pulling our hair out. Yeah, basically. Um so that's it for now. Thanks for listening as always. We're gonna do the social media stuff. Um probably let terry do the official stuff because i never remember what it is
1: so we are theatrical cut pod on the instagram um and then i am prefax and Sonia is mallory underscore watches and um, we're on the facebook so you can set us as at theatrical cut pod or just theatrical cut uh we've been doing a lot of polls and things on facebook and obviously with the oscars coming up we'll definitely be doing some You're polls def- around yeah, that around the oscars night. Us
0: um about the oscars because we get a lot more excited about the oscars than we do about the baftas oh i got quite
1: I, if anyone who follows on instagram i went fucking hog wild on baftas night. you
0: did you did go a little bit uh wild but um i kind of feel that was for the benefit of the pod yeah,
1: uh, no i love the baftas
0: yeah but it's not the oscars is it mm, i mean nah, it's not the oscars i though, mean to it? be
1: fair I mean, we said we weren't really going to talk about the BAFTAs. The BAFTAs was pretty... Joanna Lamley, God bless her, she's a lovely woman. Whoever wrote that fucking script for her needs to be taken into a public field and executed. <laughs> like, normally you'll get sort of... Ah, laughter, like, genuinely. There was a bit where she made a joke about something to do with Steve Coogan. I don't know what it was. And Steve Coogan just looked at the camera like, you seriously just fucking said that out loud in an awards ceremony. Well,
0: I'm going to have to find that clip now.
1: Honestly, it's awful.
0: Um... Good. Have we done the social media stuff?
1: Uh, yeah, we've done ours. Are we going to do the, the mother pod?
0: T-M-T-O-O-H.
1: Yeah, that's the, the one. Uh, this is the same now, oh, isn't it's it? It's the same, yeah. yeah. I, it's on the both, and they're on Facebook as well.
0: Too much time on our hands? Yeah. Um,
1: We're getting so fucking hot at this. I know. <laughs> it's
0: only taken us like a year to know what they're called. Uh, but sweet, thanks for listening. It's been a mosh I'm looking forward to Mission Impossible next week.
1: I think it's going to be a mission impossible to put them in order. Boom! Mic drop.